Hey, it's your announcer, Paul Allen, from U.S. Bank Stadium, where the Minnesota Vikings lost to the New York Giants round one of the playoffs, 31-24. The New York Giants are heading to Philadelphia to take on the one seed in a uh, very emotional game today and um, a game where Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Isaiah Hodges, and uh, the New York Giants were just a little too much for our Minnesota Vikings, and they finished the season 13-5. and They split with the New York Giants, and uh, there's plenty of work to be done in the offseason. And uh, don't forget to follow FM 100.3 KFAN for all of your offseason coverage. That's your home for the Minnesota Vikings and Minnesota Vikings football. Uh, let's run through the postgame report with um, the thoughts from Kevin O'Connell. Head coach of the Minnesota Vikings coming up shortly. Likewise, for quarterback Kirk Cousins, Ron Johnson offers three takes, and uh, those are coming up very shortly. But we begin with winning formula, and uh, former Minnesota Vikings linebacker Ben Lieber, and from Vikings.com and the Vikings Entertainment Network, Gabe Henderson. All right, welcome to Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. My name is Gabe Henderson. That has Ben Lieber, and the Minnesota Vikings season ends today, January 15th with a loss to the New York Giants. And, Ben, uh, we both just left the locker room. Um, you, you could hear a pin drop in that locker room. Yeah. You, you've been in locker rooms where, where, where your season ended. And uh, be, before we talk about, you know, what just transpired out there on the field, which, you know, there's not really much to talk about, how, yeah. do, how, how does a player feel right now in that locker room, just understanding that you've been in, in situations like this in your NFL career? You know, you just feel – I think the best way to describe it is you're numb. Mm. You know, you you have so much um, hype and excitement, and that's not just from the week of prep, which, you know, this playoff week is just it's, – it's at a whole nother level when it comes to preparation and focus and, you know, feeling the intensity of the, of the moment. But you're coming off 17 games where you just poured everything out and you've been redlining your life. Mm. You know, you're, you're going 100 miles an hour at – at work, at practice, on game day, you know, with your families and all that other stuff. And then to have that realization in the locker room that it's over. Yeah. You know, like tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to have an exit meeting. You're probably not going to break down the film. You're going to say goodbye probably to, uh, you know, a bunch of guys that, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the offseason, you may never see again. You know, you may never be teammates again. And, And so there's there's a numbness to the moment and then tomorrow there's a heaviness to yeah. the moment of that the season really is over and um when when everybody comes back in april uh it's the team's going to look different and yeah. it's going to feel different yeah and that's something that kevin o'connell said in the locker room uh, when he was addressing the team he said you know after i break this team down guys look everybody in their eyes and make sure you tell them you love them because this may be the last time you play with these guys or, or, or see the guy next to you and uh, just understanding that, I, I remember vividly, I'll never forget this picture, Adam Thielen um, just standing with his pads on in the locker room by himself, just looking around. I'm like, he did everything he could. This yeah. offense did everything they could today. And uh, when you look at their performance, you say, okay, you put up 24 points. You got over 300 yards of total offense. What else could the offense have done today yeah. from your perspective? I mean, I guess now that the, the game's over, yeah. you know, score another touchdown yeah. and, and hopefully a two-point conversion. Right, I mean, right. we we were hoping that it would it wasn't going to come down to the defense having to step up. Um, the offense has been stepping up all season long. Um, you know, look, the offensive line did a great job. We knew that this is a blitzing defense that 
they gave us problems in the first game on Christmas Eve, and not that Kirk was clean the whole game. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got he got hit a couple times, had to scramble for his life a little bit, but zero sacks given up. You know, I, I would not have put that bet on the table before the game starts if we were going to walk away from this game and and we were going to have zero or they're going to have zero sacks against us. So, um, you know, I thought that was a positive. I thought the way that we we used. Justin Jefferson, after we saw some of the bracket coverage yeah. and the double coverage on, on the second and third layer of the defense, getting TJ Hawkinson involved, like all those little coaching nuances, you know, the adjustments, their way, the, the way we were able to use Hawkinson for three receptions in the first half yeah. and then come back with seven huge receptions in the second half, although that, that last one. That's one you don't want him to get. That catch. last yeah. one, yeah, the, the three-yard yeah. gain on fourth and eight. Um, but I just thought that there was a really smart play calling by yeah. head coach Kevin O'Connell throughout the whole game, especially in the second half. But again, it just the offense had to carry this team again, yeah. and it was just you know one drive too short, and uh, the game ends on a check down on fourth and eight. Defensively, where do you go from here? I mean, I I know I, it's a loaded question. Very well. Loaded. I just I I hate to like put this this vibe out there but this defense almost needs a whole a whole revamp a, a total evaluation of is is this the scheme for us you know is a 3-4 scheme a 3-4 base scheme is this the scheme for us if it is do we need to re- really evaluate who fits best in the 3-4 yeah. scheme and what we're trying to do with our with our defensive philosophy now that goes from the defensive line to the linebackers to the guys in the secondary, and it goes to the play caller as well. You know, um, we, we can't shy away from the fact that it is unacceptable to have this bad of a defense. It is absolutely yeah. unacceptable. If you think that you're going to cross your fingers and hope your way to winning games and winning playoff games and eventually winning a Super Bowl, you're lying to yourself and you're being delusional. So the, the reality is this defense – um, I believe in the next couple of days there will be probably some some sort of announcement being being made, uh, whether it's changes at the top, changes within, um, or eventually, you know, when it comes to players, yeah. you know, we're going to hear about player changes and player acquisitions when free agency starts. Well, they're, they're, speaking of players, um, there's still players in this locker room that you can build this franchise on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Jefferson is one. Absolutely. Um, Cam Bynum, who we just talked to in mm-hmm. the locker room, is, is another. Just, that's just my opinion. Just the, the adversity he had to deal with coming mm-hmm. in as a cornerback, moving to safety. Then Lewisine gets drafted. And I think Lewisine is going to have a phenomenal career here as a Minnesota Viking. But understanding that, you know, he would have to compete. I feel like he's a guy that you can honestly build on on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. What else does this Minnesota Vikings team, I guess, what other positives does this Minnesota Vikings team have to build on for the future? Well, you mentioned J.J. I mean, Kirk's going to be around. and yeah. There's no reason why. I mean, we should never think about a quarterback change. I mean, Kirk played amazing this year. He had, what, <laughs> yeah. an NFL record eight eight game-winning drives in the fourth quarter. I mean, he was unbelievable. I know statistically people are going to look at, you know, where he was in the last couple of years. But when it comes to gameplay and winning games for this team, he was he was phenomenal. Uh, Christian Derisov. You know, we, we think we all found, you know, a true cornerstone of this offensive right. line. And, uh, you know, we, we know that when Brian O'Neill gets back and healthy, which he will be next season, you know, we get two really, really good stud uh, pro guys on the outside. And then, you know, what are we going to do with, with K.J. Osborne? What yeah. are we going to do with Adam Thielen? Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, you know, he, he's, he's a guy I think he's got one year left in this contract. Yeah. You know, he'll be around. He was a huge addition to this oh offense. 
you know, and we've and we've got you know some guys on on defense. Zadarius, I mean, played well. Daniil, at times he, he had kind of a roller coaster year, but yeah. at, at the end of the year he was double digit sacks. What have you done for me lately? You know, he was he was a difference maker. He was you know he was disruptive. Um, so. You know, we have some guys on defense, but like I said uh, earlier, we're going to have to really evaluate every position on this defense in considering the scheme that they're going to use. Yeah, I mean, that there is – that's the, the, the bad thing I hate about the offseason is that it's so long. Mm-hmm. There's so many – so much speculation, so many rumors. So, I mean, you have so much time to think. It's like all of us are in our room just coming up with all these different scenarios. But uh, the next thing is, is the combine, and the next thing is the NFL draft. Yeah. Um, when you look at positions of need, I don't want to talk – too far ahead but yeah. positions of need um do you think the vikings will be aggressive this offseason or do we still have a lot of players that we can just build on and hopefully make that next step in their career you know i i hope that we're aggressive i think okay. every every fan base wants their team to be aggressive yeah. um in free agency you know i think that we need to you know this team has always needed extra corners yeah. whether it's because of injury or whatnot but i still think that we should we should look at adding some corners i still think that we need to look at adding some defensive line help um, whether it's depth or you know may, maybe some guys that can really be an intimidating factor on the yeah. inside part of this defensive line, um, you know, you'd mentioned the safety situation. I think we're pretty solid there. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously we're going to take a look at you know our offensive line. You know, every team uh, is going to have areas of need to upgrade, and, yeah. and uh, we're no different than them. Um, I want to end this thing on a positive note simply because this was a a 13-win team. Uh, Kevin O'Connell, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, they came here in February and they had this grand vision for what this Minnesota Vikings team could be. I know it did not end the way that we wanted it to, but the fact that we can hang our heads high understanding that this is a a team that has been battle-tested and we've been to the playoffs and we know what it feels like to get here, I think that, that gives Vikings fans a lot to look forward to to the future. Would you agree? Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, it's 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 tough right now because the wound is so raw, and um, you know we're all hurting right now, expecting to win this game and, yeah. and play the San Francisco 49ers next week. But there is a lot of hope, and you know this from being a former player. Um, really, at any level, at any sport, the coach wants a buy-in. They want a yeah. sense of buy-in that the players are going to like look at what they're implementing and say, like, I believe in that guy. Yeah. This team absolutely believes in what what head coach Kevin O'Connell is building. So, I think if there's hope right there, that's it. Yeah. Like this team is bought in. They're, they're bought into this new change. They're bought into all this stuff. Yeah. So, um, that's what I'm most excited about. And again, just add some pieces here and there, and uh, look forward to 2023. Looking forward to it. Uh, phenomenal job this year. You by too, you. man. Um, this was a lot of fun. Between the lines, every week, win, lose, or draw. Well, we didn't have any draws. This was a lot of fun. Just being yeah. able to talk Vikings. I've uh, been on a couple of podcasts. Um, Thoroughly appreciate you. Vikings fans appreciate you also. Thank you. And Vikings fans, we appreciate you uh, for tuning in every single game, screaming to the top of your lungs every single home and away game, uh, win or lose. Uh, we just want to thank you and uh, stay tuned to Vikings.com because the team and the season may be over, but the content does not stop. So for Ryan O'Neill, who does a phenomenal job behind the camera, Ben Lieber, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you again for tuning into another edition, the final edition of the 2022 season of Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. Winning Formula, Ben Lieber and Gabe Henderson, excellent work with Winning Formula all season. And uh, they were discussing some of the nuance, specifically uh, some defensive uh, situations with the Minnesota Vikings against uh, the New York Giants today. The 2022 season comes to a conclusion. For the Minnesota Vikings, they lose to the New York Giants 31-24, a Giants team that was poised every step of the way. 
Never any freak out from um, fourth-year quarterback Daniel Jones. His running ability is um, terrific. And um, finding receivers in the middle of the field and wide open was a season-long problem for the Minnesota Vikings, and it reared its ugly head today. Let's hear from first-year coach Kevin O'Connell, who guided the Minnesota Vikings to a 13-5 and record. Here's what KOC had to say following the game. Um, tough to uh, come in and, and uh, you know, talk to your team uh, when uh, we didn't get it done tonight. And I just I told them how proud I am of the way they battled, the way they responded all year long to what we asked of them as coaches. Um, it's one of the closest connected groups in, in the entire NFL. These guys, are, there's real tears in there. There's real guys that expected uh, to really have a chance to, to win a world championship. And, and you got to give the Giants a lot of credit. Uh, just didn't do enough in the end to win the football game. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to take a long, hard look at, at, at uh, you know, every aspect of what we do to make sure we give ourselves the ability to continue to strive uh, to compete at a championship level. And um, that's what we'll begin working on immediately. Defensively, Kevin, did you think this was more of a, a problem of scheme or talent? Uh, you know, I, I think uh, there was... There were some issues uh, with explosive big plays again um, tonight. Um, they, they schematically did some things to, to maybe take advantage of some things we were doing. But across the board, um, you know, we're going to take a, a look at everything. That's uh, my job. I'm responsible to, for all three phases of our football team. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely take a deep dive into it and, and find a way. Because I, I do think all three phases of our team can improve. Um, and, and individually do their part uh, to try to you know, give ourselves a chance to compete at the highest levels in this league. And um, you know, I, think we're, I think we'll take a look at a lot of things just to see where we can improve and, and be the best version of ourselves. What sort of problems did Daniel Jones use in his legs in the first half? Yeah, we, you know, we talked about it throughout the week. Uh, I know I even mentioned it to you guys. We wanted to try to keep him in the pocket. We wanted to try to you know, get a rush, you know, change the game with some of our playmakers up there, but not let him get out and, and have an impact. He had some impacts on some design runs as well, uh, all of which you know, does not uh, you know, break any news to uh, you know, us in, the, in that locker room or our coaching staff. They just happen to make those plays. And, um, when you play a mobile quarterback like that, that that can make plays with his arm and his leg, and his legs, you you know you just have to have a plan um, to to maximize your chances of limiting those explosive plays. Uh, in addition to some of those crossing routes and things they do um, to to you know generate some of that stuff. Kevin, what they do different with Jefferson than yeah, they didn't bring as much pressure tonight. It was more so uh, a story of coverage, double teams. I think, uh, you know, when you look at, you know, his stats, I don't think it's a coincidence. TJ, you know, having a big day. Adam Thielen with three big catches for 50 yards. KJ had some opportunities in addition to the two for 20. Um, you know, ended up with about 50, I think 56, 58 snaps. So you would have loved to have the ball a little bit more to, to be able to run it and marry the run in the pass. And, um, you know, just you know, when we didn't have that success, we, we opened the game with a really nice drive um, and then, you know, end up being stopped a couple times there. And but despite finishing the half with a touchdown drive, you, you just look at the volume of snaps that you end up getting as an offense. Um, and, and, and really, uh, that's where I could help us, you know, try to be better in those short yardage situations, try to be better across the board so, you know, we can go ahead and maximize our opportunities when they could be a little bit more limited because of their ability to control uh, the football. You just said 
you had said in some of your post-game speeches, we'll play until they tell us we have to stop. Yeah. Did you feel like throughout this you were going to come back? And we did. So did this, was it abrupt? How did it feel? Very, um, very. Uh, even on to that very last drive, you know, you think you have a chance there on that third and um, eight, third and ten call, whatever it was, you think you have a chance. And, and unfortunately, we just, you know, didn't uh, it didn't end up coming down with that one for whatever reason. And, and on that fourth down, just trying to get some eligibles vertical and and uh, ball ended up, you know, going underneath. And, and we didn't like we had, you know, like we had done multiple times. TJ underneath the coverage for catch conversions. Uh, they just were able to make a play. Uh, but the intent was to try to continue winning the football, having a chance to win the football game with pushing the ball downfield and just didn't open up for Kirk, and, and that's on me. Kevin, was that the conversation after that fourth down there on the sideline when the ball goes underneath? Just talking Yeah, I just, you know, I just wanted to have some dialogue with him, and, and you know, I could have done a better job in the moment. Um, you know, he knew it was fourth down, and, and he just didn't want to, He wanted to make sure he put the ball in play. Um, I, I got to go back. I was watching some of the routes down the field kind of, uh, materialize and, and the pocket may or may not have been collapsing on him and he just wanted to make sure he gave somebody a chance and, and they made a play. Um, had some double coverage to Justin on that drive and, and trying to have KJ come to life, trying to have Adam come to life. And uh, you know we'll, we'll, take a, we'll take a long hard look at it. Our two minute offense has been pretty darn good all season, uh, helping us and, and in the end we didn't get it done on that drive and uh, it did feel rather abrupt uh, kind of the way it happened. In a situation like that, interceptions as good as an incompletion, would you liked uh, a riskier throw there just so that there was an opportunity? Yeah, the intent as a play caller is you're not going to you know, call uh, a primary uh, concept where somebody's short of the sticks to gain, um, especially on fourth down. If it's third down and, and you can catch, convert, and make it a fourth and two or three, um, that's okay. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, you know, looking back on it, you know, maybe could have you know, just been a little bit more uh, hey, this is kind of where you want the ball to go, but I want Kirk to be able to play. I want him to be free out there to make good decisions. He did all night long, moved our team, stood in there, you know, getting the ball out of his hand in rhythm. It just so happens that that down, you know, we just didn't get enough on the play regardless. And in the end, uh, I look at that as it's as much, uh, if anything, it's on me in that play call. Um, even though we had eligibles with a, with a chance down the field, maybe um, there's always a play that could be better for your guys out there, and, and that one will stick with me. Kevin, going back, going back to the first half of the third and one, the Jefferson yeah. back to Cousins. What was the thinking on that play? Yeah, we thought we had converted. Um, officials marked it past the line again, and then, uh, and then they ended up making it a third and one. We had had that play up uh, for you know a chance versus man coverage to try to see if we can generate an explosive, and and, and they ended up leaving the uh, cornerback side and uh, didn't get the look that uh, ultimately we were hunting and that's part of taking risks. No different than a fake punt, no different than um, some things in that situation. They defended the play well and you got to give them credit. Not a play call that I particularly loved, um, but it's easy to say that when it does not work. Yeah, when you're saying you're looking for an explosive, there's the idea that the explosive comes from Justin hanging out of the ball or is it throwing it back to Kirk? No, it's, it's a, it was a design throwback kind of uh, trick, trick style play. You said you would look at everything defensively short of, I think, overhauling the scheme. Yeah. Said. Um, now that you're hitting the offseason, like, is that in play? Do you th are you confident you have the right scheme defensively? Well, Kevin, it's one of those things that's, you know, when speaking of the abrupt ending of tonight, it's, it's a little, little kind of uh, fresh to be in that mode right now. Um, but offensively, defensively, and special teams, we're going to take a look at our entire football team, personnel, schematics. Um, how we coached, uh, what things we could do better. 
uh, to help put our players in positions to have success, uh, help put the personnel that we have in positions to have success. Uh, and it'll be an entire, uh, you know, an, an entire part of what this job's all about is being critical, having the ability to evaluate your football team and, and what the intent was and then being able to make adjustments to try to better uh, what, what you are as a team. So that's what I'll do starting, really starting tomorrow. You listed a, a bunch of ways to evaluate the defense. Is one of the things that's potentially on the table who's coaching the defense? I, I, like, like we talked about, man, I just um, I think Ed tried to do the best he could uh, in, in this year across the board, installing the defense and the scheme that we had kind of manifested together and, and, and hoped that it would come to life. And uh, I, he worked his absolute tail off and, and, and his commitment to trying to make some adjustments and improve uh, was there each and every week, all season long. So um, I'm going to look uh, at every aspect, special teams, offense, defense, personnel with, with Quace all across the board, how we can improve schematically. Uh, you know, All those things are, are for really a different time and, and, and different conversations once we've had a chance to kind of collect ourselves and, and evaluate what took place this year. Last two questions. Kevin, I know you've worked with Kirk before, but being here coaching him as a head coach, was there anything that you learned about him throughout the season and going forward that maybe you build on? Yeah, he's grown tremendously from previously when I when I worked with him in 17. Um, he is a competitor. He's tough. He's incredibly durable. Uh, threw the ball at a very high level all season long. Made game-winning plays for us all season long when we had to have him. Um, I thought he, you know, competed each and every week to put our offense in a position uh, to have success, and, and he was always the, you know, our, our our leader each and every week when things even didn't go our way. Uh, that guy was out in front, ready to go back to work, and and he was one of the reasons why I do believe we didn't lose two games in a row. We responded to adversity, and and, and he's a heck of a leader for us, uh, much beyond just being our our quarterback and our leader on the offensive side, really for our whole football team. Your first year as head coach, you win 13 games, season ends with a home playoff loss. Does that feel like a success to you? You know, I, I don't really. It's it's a little too soon to kind of go into true evaluation mode. I just know our team wanted very, very badly. We had a great week of prep and, and wanted very badly to win this game. And um, for it to be a one-score game with a chance to go try to tie that game up, it's going to sting us uh, for a long time. And uh, this team was as competitive as any group of, as I've been around from a standpoint of each and every time they took the field with the expectation to win. It did not always go our way. Um, but these guys battled for, like you said, 13 wins. And I think that uh, there's a lot of uh, things that I'm very, very fortunate and excited about uh, moving forward with this team currently and, and where we can take it from here. Kevin, you talked a lot, even after victories, about needing to improve on a lot of things, even after wins. Do you still feel like you were chasing like that four-quarter performance and, and never got it? Um, yeah, I, I think we're always going to be trying to improve and, and doing and, and, and the biggest thing is just understanding what I mean by that is all three phases at the same time playing well. It's not directly, a, you know, an offensive or a defensive or a special teams thing. It's can we be as a football team uh, truly in phase uh, with each other and, and playing off of the success of the other group, capitalizing momentum and being able to um, you know, expand on that as a football team and understand what that feels like for us moving forward. So uh, any team in this league uh, that doesn't finish in Arizona holding the trophy is going to feel like they've got to improve. And uh, I sure know that uh, that's going to be uh, the main goal, regardless of tonight's outcome. It's going to be about uh, improving our football team, me personally getting better for our guys and our coaches. And um, I feel like I've learned a lot this year, and I feel like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for 
uh, what's out in front of us because of the type of leadership I get to work with, uh, the leadership on our team, and, and what we have here to build upon the 13 wins that we were able to get this year. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Quarterback Kirk Cousins kept the Vikings in the game with um, touchdown passes, including uh, just a beautiful one to K.J. Osborne. Irv Smith Jr., good moment for him. Uh, missed a fair amount of the season. Re-emerged in the Bears game and uh, caught a touchdown today from Kirk Cousins. So good for Irv. And um, Kirk had uh, the best season of his career. He had the most attempts in the history of Minnesota Vikings football. His yards per attempt about a month and a half ago was six and a half near the bottom of the league. And in the final handful of games, Kirk raised that to 7.1. Thanks, uh, obviously, a lot to Justin Jefferson, having nearly 2,000 receiving yards. TJ Hawkinson went for like 238 yards in two games, playing for the Minnesota Vikings against the New York Giants. Skull TJ, great having him around. Uh, K.J. Osborne jumped up. Adam Thielen had some juice to him today and so on. And, of course, Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Johnny Munt, and so on. Uh, Kirk had an arsenal of talent. His head was on a swivel, and he distributed the ball to many during the course of a season where the Minnesota Vikings had four uh, pass catchers who had 60 receptions or more. Here's what Kirk had to say following the season-ending loss to the New York Giants. Uh, extremely disappointing to, uh, to not win tonight. Um, didn't see the season end in the way it did, and uh, it hurts. Um, so, you know, we didn't make enough plays to win. Um, every play matters so much, and there were uh, many that, um, that uh, we'd love to have back and, uh, and didn't make. Um, you know, proud of the way everybody fought. Proud of the way our fans showed up, the energy they brought. It was a great atmosphere to play in. It was playoff atmosphere. Um, and uh, always difficult because we had such a great group. And you know that when the season ends that this group, you know, uh, doesn't stay the same moving forward. And that's hard to accept, especially with how many great players are in there. But, um, um, you know, we, uh, yeah, just came up short. I'll take, take any questions you have. Can you just take us through the fourth and eight call there at the end? And then he threw the three-yard pass to Hawkins. Yeah, just a shell read there. Saw single high. Tried to work Justin. Didn't feel good about putting it up to Justin. And then when I went to progress, I just felt like I was about to get sacked. And I felt like I got to put the ball in play. And if I take, you know, I can't go down with a sack. So I just thought I'd kick it out to uh, TJ. And I had thrown short of the sticks on a few occasions in the game and even going back a few weeks and just felt like, you know, just throwing it short of the sticks isn't the end of the world. It's just, um, you know, it's obviously tight coverage. So... Didn't have the chance to uh, to pull away, but I just felt like I was going to go down and take a sack if I didn't put it out. The safety shade toward Justin on that looked like he'd kind of beaten the corner of the inside. Where did you see the safety on that? Yeah, it went to single high, but he did he did most of the day. Most of the day they were moving over Justin. Yep. Kirk, you guys have been so good one score games coming back in fourth quarters. What do you think ultimately just prevented you from being able to get over that hump today? I mean, any number of things. It's hard. You know, I, I go back and look at myself. The third and eight is the one that I want back. I feel like getting man coverage, ball needs to be a little more out front of KJ. You know, it was right on him in the sense that the DB was able to break it up. I feel like the ball's out front. DB can't do that in man coverage. That's really the play that I want back is the third and eight. You've you, you mentioned a few times uh, the idea that this group is not going to stay together. And I'm just curious, is that just your annual kind of thought? Yeah, every season. Do you think there's anything bigger than what is normal coming for this group? No, it's every season. Every season there's turnover. And it's just, uh, 
you know, players who are free agents like Alex Madison, you've played a lot of football with. Um, you know, Garrett Bradbury, you played a lot of football with. Um, you know, it's it's tough to know that there's no guarantee that they're back with how great great of players they are and what they've done, what I've been able to, you know, watch them do. It's it's difficult to, um, you know, know that the possibility is there that you don't get to play with them moving forward. Kirk, in this moment, as disappointed you are, do you allow yourself a minute to reflect on what this team did this year, 13 wins, and, and kind of a lot of the successes that you guys had? Is that too difficult right now? Yeah, not right now. Not right now. Just focus on the game, and uh, it'll be time for that later. What do you do tonight? Do you just go over the plays in your mind? Do you put yeah. it in your mind? What do you do? Yeah, you don't sleep. Um, yeah, go over the plays in your mind over and over and over and over. Yep. Did you think this was going to be a shootout type of game that it materialized? You never know. You never know. Every game's different. Um, you just go play them one play at a time, and you never really know what the next play is going to bring. Despite it all, it was still another one-score game. Right? You guys were still yep. winning. Just under two to go. What, what was the thought process, and what, what were you guys saying in locker room? Like we've been in the huddle, we've been here before. There was always belief, um, you know, at halftime or even when we were down 17-7, and then clawed our way back. I think there was always belief, and um, um, I think that's why it hurts because you expect you expect to find a way, you know, especially the way this team has gone all year. Because, you know, expect to find a way. Kirk on the third down that Justin takes the pass and, and throws back yeah. to you there. Uh, did you guys not get the look you were looking for? Yeah, I didn't get the look. Yeah, I didn't get the look we wanted. Didn't get the look we wanted. Since I'm not sure when we'll next talk to you, just moving forward, do you want to sign another extension? Is this where you want to be long-term, Vikings? I, I really have a hard time focusing on beyond right now, um, but it's an easy question to answer in the sense that I, I love being a Minnesota Viking, and um, it's a privilege to play here. And uh, it's a privilege to play with that group, these coaches. And, um, and so, you know, that, that's, that's the way it'll always be for me. But, um, you know, those are harder to get beyond just right now in the playoff game right now. Kirk, a lot of guys in the locker room are saying because of the bond and all the circumstances that you guys have been through, the crazy games, the last minute wins, that it's maybe the tightest group they've ever been a part of. So, like Jordan Hicks, there was some emotion. Yeah. From yeah. Yeah, it hurts. It hurts. Um, I'm probably missing one, but this is probably the toughest loss I've had in my career. So it hurts. Why is that? I mean, all the obvious reasons. All the obvious reasons. Kirk, when they're paying as much attention to Justin as they are, and you guys saw so much of that towards the end of the season, what's the counter to that when Justin's going to get that much attention yeah. probably for the next stretch of his career? Yeah, it's Adam, KJ, TJ, Dalvin, Alex. Um, you know, just getting those guys opportunities to, uh, you know, to impact the game. And, um, um, you know, that's that's important. Kirk, the way that TJ did come through for you guys, yeah. is that something yeah. to build on? Yes. Going forward and play yes. reliability. Yes, he's a really good football player. Um, in this offense, in this system, the, the why, the tight end will always, especially someone of TJ's ability, will always have a big role. And, um we're grateful to have a guy who's that capable. And, um, you know, we're going to give him a lot of opportunities. Kirk, you said toughest loss of your career. Does that kind of indicate you feel this maybe was your best chance to make a run? Is that part of it? Uh, 13 wins is really, you know, the, you know, I haven't really sniffed that before. So, um, um, 
and then just the just the fact that the group, you know, the Garretts and the Alexes that you know are free agents that you know no guarantee they're going to be back. I think it's hard to uh, walk off the field and um, you know you you want them all back. You just don't know, and I think that unknown is always tough. Thank you, and and thank you for your. Uh, Hard work all season. It was obviously fun winning 13 games. It was fun to um, you know have the weekly pressers and talk, and uh, hopefully we can do more of that. You know, more winning up ahead. It continue to be fun, and uh, um, appreciate the way, especially our local media, the, the local media, the way you guys really get it right, study it, cover it, uh, dig in, and get the facts. Um, really appreciate you guys and the way you go about it. It's very classy. It's a great media market, and. Um, uh, it's a real privilege for me to be able to play in a media market like this. And um, thanks to you guys. And, um, you know, we'll uh, keep working. And I uh, will continue to have the goal that someday I'm standing here talking to you all. And it's a much, much bigger stage. So uh, thank you. Uh, great having Kirk around this season. Uh, the rushing touchdown today, his third this season. And um, and Kirk was delivering dimes left and right all season. You know, that final play is going to – it's going to cause some scrutiny, and uh, people are going to want to discuss it on KFAN and Twitter and stuff like that. A very short pass to TJ Hawkinson on fourth down, and that ended the season. And congratulations to the New York Giants, 10-7-1, third place in the NFC East, and they have a division matchup in the divisional round at Lincoln Financial coming up next week. We thank Kirk Cousins for everything uh, he not only gave the postgame report, but uh, yours truly during the course of the season. He's salt of the earth. He's a gen- he's the genuine article. Ron Johnson, also with a great work with the postgame report all year. Uh, RJ of Fox 9 and the Vikings Entertainment Network. Ron Johnson offers three takes. This is Ron Johnson coming to you from U.S. Bank Stadium. This is the last game of the year. Unfortunately, it didn't go the Vikings' way. The Vikings lose to the New York Giants, and it was such a close game. Came down to one last play. And so my takeaways from today, first off, I got to give my hats off to both quarterbacks. Daniel Jones, 68% completions, 300 yards, two touchdowns, 114 passer rating. Kirk Cousins, 80%, 79.5, but basically 80% completions, 273 yards, two touchdowns, 112.9 pass rating. These were two quarterbacks that put on a show for the crowd at home, for the crowd at U.S. Bank Stadium. You cannot take anything away from either quarterback. It was nobody's fault. Both guys played their heart out. If you wanted to see quarterback play from both sides, this was the game. There were no interceptions. There was one almost, but it hit the ground. Thank goodness the refs overturned that. But it was just one of those days. Quarterback play was great. My takeaway number two is TJ Hawkinson is the guy. Now, I don't know if the Vikings can keep him long-term, but they have to find a way. 10 catches. There was 11 targets. 10 catches, 129 yards. TJ Hawkinson is a force to be reckoned with. The Giants had no answer for him in the second half. Early on, Justin Jefferson's six receptions were key. But then down the stretch, there was no way to really get him the ball. There was only three targets to him in the second half. It was a tough way to go out. The very last play was supposedly supposed to go to Justin Jefferson to K.J. Osborne, but T.J. Hawkinson was the dump off. And that leads me into takeaway number three, fourth and eight. That's a play that's going to be in Vikings fans' minds all offseason. This is what I'll say for you to go home, sleep, and forget about it. One, 
TJ Hawkinson should have ran an eight-yard route. There was no reason to kind of sit and then release and be the outlet in that. You don't need an outlet in fourth and eight unless you're completely wide open and you're dumping it off to a running back like Dalvin Cook who can run and maybe get you a first down. But you cannot blame Kirk. That's the second part of that. You can't blame Kirk for dumping it off. One, he had no time to throw. 97 was in his lap before he can even figure it out. He probably didn't realize TJ Hawkinson only ran a three-yard route. He didn't have enough time to think, decipher, and figure out where to go with the ball. Four for Nate, who cares if you throw an interception? So maybe give KJ Osborne. He was the one-on-one -on -one matchup there. You also had Thielen on the deep out as well because they were in the bunch set to his left. That's the only other look because Dalvin Cook on the bubble to his left, he was covered as well. There was a guy sitting there waiting. So the way to go would have been to the two-on-two -two side, which is K.J. Osborne and, just, and uh, Adam Thielen. Give one of them a chance. If it's knocked down, who cares? If it's intercepted, who cares? Just put it up high enough for one of them to make a play. My, my money would have been on a nice little floater to K.J. Osborne over, on the over route because he's the guy to get the play done. But you know what? You have to move on from there. Fourth and eight. It was a catch for no first down to T.J. Hawkinson. That's the way the season ends. Those are my three takeaways. It's been a great season. I want to thank everybody for listening all season. Back to you at the stadium, and have a great one. Thank you, Ron. Thank you, Kirk, Kevin O'Connell, uh, Ben Lieber, Gabe Henderson for the winning formula, Curly Harris for his production all season, Pete Bursage for uh, co-hosting this piece a majority of the season, and I'm Paul Allen. Thanking all of you, not only for uh, listening to the postgame report, but uh, just being wonderful, wonderful fans, no matter if the team wins or loses all season long. It's a pleasure calling Minnesota Vikings games and uh, meeting a lot of you during the course of the season. Thanks for listening to the games on the flagship for Vikings football, FM 100.3 KFAM. The New York Giants bounce the Minnesota Vikings 31-24, the season concludes at U.S. Bank Stadium with a playoff loss in the wildcard round to the New York Giants, who take on the Philadelphia Eagles next week. Thank you very much for listening. God bless and Skull Vikes.